welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of St. Ignatius of Antioch. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who adorn the sacred body of your church with the confessions of holy martyrs, grant, we pray, that just as the glorious passion of St. Ignatius of Antioch, which we celebrate today, brought him eternal splendour, so it may be for us unending protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, One God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. I, having once heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and the love that you show towards all the saints, have never failed to remember you in my prayers and to thank God for you. May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, give you a spirit of wisdom and perception of what is revealed, to bring you to full knowledge of him. May he enlighten the eyes of your mind, so that you can see what hope his call holds for you, what rich glories he has promised the saints will inherit, and how infinitely great is the power that he has exercised for us believers. This you can tell from the strength of his power at work in Christ, when he used it to raise him from the dead and to make him sit at his right hand in heaven. Far above every serenity, authority, power or domination or any other name that can be named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He has put all things under his feet and made him as the ruler of everything, the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills the whole creation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You gave your son authority over all your creation. You gave your son authority over all creation. How great is your name, O Lord our God, through all the earth. 
Your majesty is praised above the heavens. On the lips of children and of babes, you have found praise to foil your enemy. You gave your son authority over all creation. When I see the heavens, the works of your hands, the moon and the stars which you arranged, what is man that you should keep him in mind, mortal man that you care for him? You gave your son authority over all creation. Yet you have made him little less than a god. With glory and honour you crowned him. You gave him power over the works of your hand. Put all things under his feet. You gave your son authority over all creation. Alleluia, alleluia. The spirit of truth will bear witness to me, says the Lord. And you also will be my witnesses. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, if anyone openly declares himself for me in the presence of men, the Son of Man will declare himself for him in the presence of the angels. But the man who disowns me in the presence of men will be disowned in the presence of God's angels. Anyone who says a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When they take you before synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how to defend yourselves or what to say. Because when the time comes, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you must say. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord says to his disciples today, um, if anyone openly declares himself for me in the presence of men, the Son of Man will declare himself for him in the presence of the angels. Well, we have the example today of St. Ignatius of Antioch who did this in the most courageous fashion. Ignatius was martyred in the year 107, so he was very, very early in the uh, church's history. In fact, he was the um, second bishop of Antioch. So St. Peter became the first bishop of Antioch when he left to go to Rome. Ignatius then took over. Anyway, Ignatius, he was condemned to death and he was transported to Rome in order to be executed. And on his travels, he writes to the Christian church communities that he passes through in his final pilgrimage towards martyrdom. He was finally fed to ten leopards, uh, as tradition has it. Now, I'd like to read to you a little excerpt um, that's given in the Office of Readings today uh, from St. Ignatius's letter to the Romans. Um, now, you know, he's writing to the Romans. He's imprisoned in Rome. He's about to be fed to the animals in Rome. And this is what he says. I'm writing to all the churches to let it be known that I will gladly die for God. If only you do not stand in my way. I plead with you. Show me no untimely kindness. Let me be food for the wild beasts, for they are my way to God. I am God's wheat, and I shall be ground by their teeth, so that I may become Christ's pure bread. Pray to Christ for me, that the animals will be the means of making me a sacrificial victim for God. 
So basically, he's asking the Christian community in Rome, look, don't save me. If you have the opportunity of intervening and rescuing me from the teeth of these animals, don't bother. Now, <laughs> I mean, when you hear it, it's really confronting. It's like, does this bloke have a death wish or what? So actually, no, it's kind of the opposite. He doesn't have a death wish. He has a life wish. And he knows that his life is held in the hands of God and that the fullness of life is to come from God. Now, in that short little passage, Ignatius uses an interesting image. He speaks of his body as being like wheat and the teeth of the animals grinding this wheat into a flour, which becomes the bread of Christ, a a sacrificial bread. And when you hear this, like, you know, I mean, surely the Eucharist comes to mind, doesn't it? And I think this reveals something of the spirituality of St. Ignatius of Antioch. What's he looking for? He's looking for communion. He's looking for communion with Christ. You see, this image then of you know, individual grains of wheat being ground into flour so that it can be made into one, into one bread, into one loaf. This is what he's looking for. He's looking for union in Jesus, communion in Christ. Listen to this. He goes on speaking in his letter to the Romans. My love of this life has been crucified, and there is no yearning in me for any earthly thing. Rather, within me is the living water, which says deep inside me, come to the Father. I no longer take pleasure in perishable food or in the delights of this world. I want only God's bread, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, formed of the seed of David. And for drink, I crave his blood, which is love that cannot perish. How can we fail to be inspired by the example of faith of St. Ignatius of Antioch, that everything in his life is ordered toward this one great goal of being one with Christ, of being drawn into the life of God? And, you know, I, I suppose being condemned and having your own martyrdom, you know, right in front of your face, that that's kind of a, a bit of a clarifying experience. Everything else gets stripped away right down to the barest of essentials of, well, what, what's my life really about? But not only does Ignatius of Antioch kind of accept his martyrdom as a kind of fait accompli, all right, fine, if, if this is how it's got to be, then this is how it's got to be. But he's almost looking forward to the Colosseum to that moment when he's able to bear public witness to Christ and imitate Jesus in his own sacrifice. As Jesus took bread and said, this is my body given up for you, now he's able to return to Jesus saying, this is the wheat of my body ground in the teeth of the animals to become the bread that is given for you. Now, I think there are two things that are very strong there. Firstly courage. (laughs) That in the face of such a terrible and gruesome death, that Ignatius is able to persevere in his faith, and not only persevere, but flourish in his faith. But secondly, the great love that he has for Christ. That he's not content for Jesus simply to have offered his life on the cross for him, but that he now wants to return that gift of offering his life to Christ. Courage and love. I think they go hand in hand in Ignatius. 
Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm not quite as enthusiastic about martyrdom as St. Ignatius was. Um, but I think we can all strive to imitate him in these two great qualities of courage and love. To seek with our whole hearts the unity with Christ that Ignatius sought in his own life. We all need courage. I mean, okay, we might not have to face the teeth of ten leopards, but there are plenty of teeth out there. And what is it that enables us to confront those challenges? What is it that enables us to pour out our life in love for Christ? Is that desire for union with him. So just as St. Ignatius lost a taste for everything else in the world in comparison to this desire for communion with Christ, let's pray that we would also have that same love and that same courage to prefer nothing to Jesus. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. 
do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Thank you.